Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Pompey end September without a win all month. Jefferson out the area, danger for Pompey, great goal, wonderful strike, Daniel Jefferson with his first goal for Burton, and yet again, Portsmouth's wing-back gives the ball away. Burton Albion piled more misery upon the Blues in midweek, claiming a 2-1 victory at the Pirelli Stadium. Head coach Danny Cowley will be on the show later, he's aiming for a quick recovery when his side draws battle with Sunderland this weekend. We have had a difficult moment. There's no hiding place from that. We actually see Saturday as the perfect game for us. I think to play the league leaders at home at Fratton Park will be just what the team, the group and everybody individually needs. We've got reaction to Tuesday's loss at the Pirelli Stadium and a preview of tomorrow's clash with the league leaders at Thratton Park. All to come between now and 7 o'clock this evening. You're listening to Express FM. A very warm welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the 18th edition of the Football Hour for this season, driven to you by passionate Pompey voices twice a week, every week, to react to and preview each Blues game, as well as discussing the biggest news from the week gone by as well. On the way tonight, I'll be bringing two more supporters onto the show to take a look ahead to tomorrow's visit of Sunderland to PO4, as well as to review the events of Tuesday's trip to the Pirelli Stadium. And to help us along, we're relying on you back home to get in touch and let us know all of your Pompey thoughts, predictions and comments. Feel free to throw in a question too, if you've got one that you would like to ask. We have some of our own to pose to you this evening as well. What did you make of the work rate and intensity shown by the team in midweek? Are the Blues trying too hard to outplay their opponents? Is there enough quality in this squad to play the way the manager wants to? And would you like Danny Cowley to be ruthless with his team selection for this weekend's clash with Sunderland? The ways to get your messages into us tonight are as follows. You can send a text starting with the word express to 81400. Otherwise, you can email Pompey at expressfm.com. You can find us on Twitter at expressfm or head to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. 72 hours ago, the Blues were gearing up to take on fellow strugglers Burton Albion away from home, with both sides heading into match day 10 winless since August the 17th. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham provided the commentary at the Pirelli. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scores! This is... Live. And we are ready to get things underway with Portsmouth in their usual home kit away from home. Three yellow shirts in behind, the flag stays down and Romeo puts it behind for a corner kick. And Portsmouth in danger from the counter-attack again. Nil-nil. Garrett the goalkeeper. Oh, he should get there, but he's made a terrible error. 
Curtis gets the touch and Burton are going to get away with it. If Curtis had taken that with him past the keeper, he's got an empty net and he's going to tap home, but he couldn't do so. All given away by Brown and Burton break into the penalty area and Jefferson plays it short. Pompey desperately trying to scramble back. Shot to come in, into the net. Burton take the lead. Tom O'Connor scores his first goal for Burton. And Portsmouth guilty of giving the ball away at the back. And this time there is a ruthless side to Burton. And they punish Portsmouth to the full effect. Burton one, Portsmouth now. Romeo has it stolen from Hamer. Jefferson out the area. Danger for Pompey. Great goal. Wonderful strike. Daniel Jefferson with his first goal for Burton. And yet again, Portsmouth's wing-back gives the ball away. And they are punished to the maximum effect. Burton Albion 2, Portsmouth 0. Aki Fairchild goes through his left foot and scores! screaming for the whistle and they get their wish and Portsmouth fall to a defeat and their winless run continues here they've been beaten by two goals to one by Burton Albion every second of the action is right here this is 93.7 Express FM Pompey Live so that was how all of the action unfolded here on Pompey Live on Tuesday night let's take a peek at some of the other results from that night then we were treated to fixtures across the board in League One in midweek Charleston continued their descent into the relegation zone with a 4-1 defeat at home to newly promoted Bolton Wanderers Ipswich were 6-0 winners against Doncaster Rovers at Portman Road MK Dons and Fleetwood shared the spoils in an end-to-end draw 3-3 before Final result there. Morecambe carried on shocking the division with a 2-0 victory at home to Lincoln. Tomorrow's opponent Sunderland hit Cheltenham for five on Wearside. And the big clash of the night between Wigan and Sheffield Wednesday resulted in a 2-1 win in favour of Sheffield Wednesday. So looking at the league table after all of that midweek action, Pompey dropped down to 13th on 12 points. Five points behind the top uh, six and uh, only four points clear of the bottom four. Sunderland lead the way at the top of the table with 22 Wigan behind in second on 19 points both of those sides with the game in hand on third which is MK Dons who have so far acquired 19 points as well Plymouth Argyle Rotherham and Wickham Wanderers make up the rest of those playoff positions and looking right down at the relegation zone Shrewsbury Crew, Alexandra Charlton and right at the foot of the division are Doncaster Rovers with only four points from the opening nine league matches Right, enough from me now then. Uh, time to introduce this evening's guests and we begin with the one and only Matt Drabble who has sat opposite me tonight here in the studio. Matt, it is great to see you again, mate. Mate, it's a pleasure to be back in the city. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, you know, I'm a passionate Portsmouth fan and uh, despite my commitments with another team very close by, I'm, I'm delighted to be here talking about Portsmouth today. Let's clear the air, Matt. When you say commitment to another team close by, you don't mean those locked down the road. Oh, of course not. No, it's only, that it's only almost it... a disaster no. straight away, just just five minutes into my first appearance back. No, it's <laughs> having to Waterlooville, uh, not those locked down the road, as Jake we, rightly corrected me. We, we do love the horse. Just, just don't want anyone to get the wrong impression there, Matt. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. That would be... That would be a pretty a pretty horrendous uh, second debut at the Football Hour. <laughs> and alongside you tonight, Matt, we have Jack Griffin calling in all the way from Birmingham tonight. Jack, likewise, it is good to hear from you and thanks for coming on the show this evening. 
Yeah, thanks for having me back, Jake. Um, looking forward to this one, despite Tuesday's result. And yeah, looking forward to just yeah being back on the show. Looking forward to discussing another Pompey defeat, Matt. Um, that is now eight in all competitions of which Pompey have gone winless, uh, seven in a row in the league. The last time the Blues claimed maximum points in the division was on August the 17th for one nil win at home to Shrewsbury Town. What's going on? Yeah, it's 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 a hard defeat to take, Jake, and it's a hard run of form to take. And I'm sure we'll hear from Danny Cowley later on in the show. But he cited the energy and intensity, and and talked about earning the right to play against these teams. And sometimes I fear that Portsmouth still carry with us uh, this idea that we have some God-given right to walk over teams like Burton Albion and play this attractive style of football, linking passes around opposition pitches. And it really couldn't be further from the truth. I think in some of these games we have to realise that you have to get ugly, you have to get your hands dirty, and scrap in the middle of the park with these teams you look at the promotion season Portsmouth had it was defined by players like Michael Doyle and no one on this Pompey team really wants to stick a foot in the middle at the moment and get their hands dirty and grab the game by the scruff of the neck and I think they need to shake off this idea that we have a right to play this attractive football in League One because that's not how these teams get promoted Is that something that you'd go along with as well Jack a lot of you know social media reactions since Tuesday's defeat has been questioning you know the, the work rate and the intensity of this Pompey squad is this team even you know kind of good enough on paper in, in terms of quality to actually be competing at the top end of the division this season see I, I think on paper we are like I said to the lads that I went to the game with on Tuesday each of them players individually I was excited about all them players are good players it just seems at the moment we're not gelling as a team whatever that is like the manager I'm, I'm a big fan of Danny Cowley I don't think I'm, you know a lot of people can point fingers at different areas of where we're going wrong I don't think really there is an area we are going wrong it just seems to be all together it's not working maybe chemistry I think we've got some good players I think we've got a good manager and I know a lot of talk has been about the owners this week but I, I do think we've got you know decent owners I mean those people would be grateful to have the owners we've got I just think it's kind of at the end of the day it's, it's still early days I think we're all kind of we're trying to run before we can walk we need to cut it down try and you know let's get the basics right before we can try and play this really attractive style of football mm. like I don't want to kind of you know praise Kenny Jacket too much but what he was good at was grinding out the results no matter how ugly it looked and I think Danny Cowley's trying to do the opposite of he's trying to bring this really attractive football when we can't even you know on Tuesday pass the ball to each other like just straight in front so let's go back to basics let's try and you know even if it's grind out wins and see how that gets us before we try and look like an amazing League One team yeah not a great performance by any stretch of the imagination on Tuesday Matt and certainly results not going Pompey's way but you know as Jack highlights there it's, it's a new management team. It is an entirely new squad. 14 incomings and, and 14 departures as well. You, you've got to give it time to gel. It, it's not great at the moment. It, it's not a fantastic time to be supporting the team. But it was quite clear from, from all aspects of the fan base a, a huge overhaul was needed on the playing field in the summer. We got it. You can't expect it to be working nine, ten games into the season. You've got to allow it time to, to, to work. Or is that is that being a little bit too conservative or or, or are we being a little bit too, too impatient with this team? Yeah, I think there's certainly a case of impatience. I think a lot of the talk pre-season from Portsmouth fans, certainly on social media, 
um, was about the need to respect this as a rebuilding year and have patience with the Cowleys. You also have to take into account injuries, which I don't think has been mentioned enough. Portsmouth are playing a back three with a central midfielder, a right back and a centre back. Only one recognised centre back in the middle of that back three, and that's Sean Raggett. And, um, you know, a back three can be complicated to play. It can be difficult. The, the role is slightly more complex, especially if you're two of the centre backs either side of the main centre back. You have to sometimes cover like a right back and, and sometimes slot in and defend your box like a centre back so if you're not a centre back by trade that probably can take some adjustment it's a new formation new set of players Joe Morrell really just coming into the squad in the last few weeks so I think there is a certain level of patience that needs to uh, you know that needs to be had by Pompey fans with regard to this team however I think the one area which you alluded to earlier which fans don't need to have patience over regardless of system regardless of personnel you always expect a Pompey team to come with the energy intensity every single week. That is that is a bare minimum expectation, regardless of any extraneous factors. Um, and so I think that's where a lot of the disappointment and the anger from fans has come after Tuesday's result. And, and certainly, regardless of you know the run that Pompey has been on uh, recently, Jack, like. You know, like Matt said, there the quality, and, and like you alluded to, the quality in the team is still there on paper. We've got some very, very good players within this squad. Going to to Burton Albion on Tuesday night, a side who, like Pompey, hadn't won since August the seventeenth. They're in a, a poor run of form themselves. We should still be winning these sorts of games. We should still be, again, as Matt mentioned there, we should still be putting on the kind of performances and the work rate that the fans that have travelled up on a midweek to Burton expect from their team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm quite grateful being, you know, living in Birmingham, so it's not as too far for me. So I, I probably found myself not as, I mean, I was obviously disappointed in the result, but it didn't hit me as hard because I didn't have as far to go. Um, but I know a lot of the lads, yeah, that I was speaking to around, like the, it's a long journey to get up there. Like you spend your time, you spend your money to go follow Pompey and to watch like a performance that they didn't seem to be any, not even, you know, I was speaking to one of my mates saying we're, oh, we're like a one half team this season. Not even one half looked good. I think we had maybe that five minute spell where we scored the free kick, where we looked, we came out and we looked sort of like a threat um maybe that start of that second half but apart from that really there was nothing really going all as i said you know earlier all the basics we were getting wrong it seemed to be like no one really knowed what they wanted to do no one really wanted to be a leader um which is surprising because i think we do have some leaders in that team sean williams for one marcus can lead curtis as well and there seems to be no one really wants to kind of be the leader in that team we need someone to kind of step up mm. And, you know, maybe it's the formation, maybe it's people playing out of position um, to, you know, go back to what Matt said about, you know, playing the back three with only one, like, you know, centre-back recognised. We do have Downing. I know he's not everyone's favourite, but he's a recognised centre-back who we could play. So, you know, why why isn't he? I'd, I've put mine myself, would rather play a centre-back who is a centre-back, no matter how good or bad, rather than someone who's not natural in that position because... At least that centre-back knows what the role is. This, you know, another position, player from another position comes in. It's going to take them time to get used to that position. That's a couple games then wasted just for that player to get used to it. And, and defensively, Matt, it, it, it has all gone downhill for the Blues in recent weeks. Started the campaign with uh, three consecutive clean sheets in the league against Shrewsbury, Fleetwood and Crew Alexandra. Flying high, looking really, really good and, uh, and assured at the back. I know, you know Jack references injuries there to the team, but eight goals conceded in the last four matches, two per game. 
um, and, and Tuesday night if you look back at the highlights if you watch the game again uh, you can see both goals came from Pompey trying to play it out the back too casual too pedestrian uh, and, and they just couldn't clear their lines and, and Burton capitalised on two glaring errors yeah, absolutely. And, and and it's really highlighting my concerns over the 3-5-2 formation. Of course, it's helped Pompey going forward. But at the back, as you've alluded to, it is hurting them. And really, we're seeing all the negatives of a 3-5-2 and none of the positives. The positives are supposed to be you can create overloads using the wing back, which is almost a cheating position uh, on the wings. Uh, the negatives, of course, if that wing back is beaten, the central midfielders have to split, cover the wing back, and that opens up an ocean of space in the middle. We saw that with Plymouth Argonne them off and driving towards the fratten end through that space vacated by uh, Morel and Tanner Cliff and, and we saw that in the week as well and, and as you point to the two goals in particular rather than point the blame directly at uh, first Brown and then Romeo who lost the ball I think you have to look at the angles and combinations that Romeo and Brown have ahead of them as wingbacks it doesn't seem coincidental to me that twice our wingbacks lo- lost the ball looking for the same pass looking for the same outlet up the wing and you have to ask the question, is Harness being creative enough in the number 10 role with his movement? Are Curtis and Marquis, you know, seesawing appropriately to just one showing feet, one spinning in behind? Twice our wingbacks had the ball out wide and had no real sense of an option ahead of them. We're just far too easy to press and herd down a dark corridor on the wing at the moment. And for me, rather than pointing the finger at Romeo and Brown, who admittedly did make mistakes with the pass, let's look at the options they have ahead of them. And I think that partly comes from the manager and how setting the team up but also the awareness and the creativity of the central midfielders themselves so you know morel has been getting a lot of praise recently but I think it was him on the Romeo the pass that Romeo mm-hmm. gave away he ran ahead of Romeo rather than dropping off in the angle and offering the ball uh, offering an angle for the pass so I think you know it's easy to point at us given the ball away for playing out the back but I, you know looking at a bigger picture are we really creating the angles and opportunities to allow our wing backs to play out from the back to really make the most of that formation um, and I'm not sure we are at the moment Okay, Matt, Jack, thank you both very, very much. It is time for a quick break now, but uh, don't go go anywhere, Pompey fans, because the three of us will be back in just a few moments with more reaction to Tuesday's defeat to Burton. We'll also move on to preview tomorrow's visit of Sunderland to Fratton Park. Danny Cowley has been speaking ahead of the match about the need to improve on the midweek performance, even if it means being ruthless with his team selection this weekend. When the team doesn't play well, when individuals don't play well, then that's always food for thought. You have to always try to take each game in its context of course but certainly we'll take learning from that game and we'll try to pick the team that we think will be in the best possible position to put on a really good performance against Sunderland Stick around for that interview and more from myself, Matt and Jack when the Football Hour returns after these messages This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM Welcome to part two of this Friday night footblower here on Express FM, the only radio station from the great waterfront city of Portsmouth. We've got a few emails coming into us this evening. Matt Wheatley says, Hi, Jake and the team. Following another disappointing defeat on Tuesday, the pressure is now mounting to try to find a win from somewhere. Probably the last team we want to face right now is Sunderland, who are in good form and have some quality players. I'm hoping that facing a team top of the league will lead to the Pompey players raising their game and putting in a shift. I think Danny Cowley has said there's an opportunity for some fringe players to force their way into the side, so I'd like to see Jacobs given a run out. 
but I think he has been the, he has the creative ability we've been lacking. Uh, if we are on our game, I think we can sneak a win. So I'm going for a 2-1 win to Pompey with Tunnicliffe and Marquis within the goals. Play out Pompey, Matt Wheatley in Canberra uh, on the emails there. Thank you to Matt for getting in touch earlier this afternoon. Some more coming in. Alan Swift uh, with the Black Cats averaging two goals uh, per game and Pompey now conceding 10 in total. It doesn't look good for tomorrow. The game looks full of goals with Sunderland, I hate to say, shading it by a couple of goals. 4-2 looking a likely score with our defence still looking shaky. On that note, we signed an injury-prone Robertson, replacing an injury-prone Watmore, uh, who is now flying high with Wigan. I thought that was a big mistake, mistake and disrespect disrespectful to Jack showing him the door by offering a, a, a cut price contract now we have a defence leaking goals for fun and on top of that not signing another striker the judgement has been poor says Alan on the emails uh, Jack in, in regards to that point made at the end of that email there has the transfer judgement been, been poor this summer or you know like we've been saying we've had such a big overhaul is, is it going to take another one or two windows to actually finally get the, the perfect Danny Carly team I think so, mate. I think I've, they always said coming into it, Danny Cowley, and I think, you know, everyone seemed to be on the same page. It was going to take a couple of windows till we had Danny Cowley's Portsmouth. Do you know what I mean? He, the, the transfer was a funny, the transfer window, sorry, was a funny one. Um, you know, the budget wasn't as big as we all probably hoped. Danny Cowley is good at scouting and knows what players he wants. So I think under the circumstances, I think he's done well. I don't think he got everyone he wanted, and I think he's got some people he maybe necessarily weren't on the top of his list. Um, however, you know, that Jack Watmore point that was made there, I think you, you can look at it that way. I think one of the things that I looked at it more with the overhaul was getting rid of the players that were maybe Kenny Jacket loyal or kind of maybe had been around for a while. And But it's, it's a tricky one to try and explain, but I think you needed them fresh faces, fresh ideas to try and, change the mentality around Portsmouth if that makes sense I think you needed and and this isn't as as I said earlier this isn't Danny Cowley's team still he's only had one transfer window and the the budget was tightened a little bit he'll he'll now have the time during you know between now to Christmas to have a look at some other players and who could help you know for that second half of the season push and then and then you know come the end of the season where wherever we are um, he would have had a whole season and he knows right this is what we need now. And I think give him a whole season and then next summer is going to be, for me, the transfer window. And I think next summer's, I'm already looking forward to next season, <laughs> but you know, we go, oh no, we've got to focus on this season. Yeah. But I do think in terms of that way, I don't think this transfer window was necessarily what any of us wanted. No. Uh, Jeff Harris on Twitter pointing out, but Danny Cowley said last night at the uh, Pompey Armed Forces Supporters Club meeting that Michael Jacobs is a month behind everyone else in trading due to his injury last season. I think, I think that might be in response to uh, Matt's email uh, earlier in the show. Thank you to Jeff for pointing that out. Um, I've got a text here from John in Hills. He says, hi guys, it's alright saying we should play Downing, but every time he's given time, he struggles and gets, uh, muscle, gets muscled out as a 
centre half. We've got one injury in defence, uh, and uh, we are struggling to put a decent defence out now. It does not bode well for the season, does it? John in Hilsey, and uh, one here from uh, Mike T and Crispy Bacon Sarney. Selsey, good evening, Jake Wayne, the lads. I want to see Pompey being more clinical up front with their finishing on goal. Attack is the best form of defence, and it'll ensure the Black Cats don't force us into our back heel. Uh, play at Pompey and uh, come on, New Hawks, says Mike T and Crispy Bacon Sarney. Selsey, uh, appreciation there for, for Matt Drabble. So we'll come on to preview tomorrow's game against Sunderland in, in just a moment. Uh, Matt, we don't want to dwell on upon Tuesday night too much. We, we all know what happens. Pompey were forced into errors by Burton Albion. Look, they were, they were at full value for their win. It was another winless game for the Blues. It wasn't good enough. Uh, and really the effort and the end intensity needs to be upped um, heading into the rest of the season. Expectations for the campaign. Should yeah. they be as high as, as promotion? Should we be, be a little bit more realistic and just expect this to be a rebuild? It's hard because we've had so long in this division, but where yeah, do you stand? Yeah, I think, as you mentioned uh, at the start of the show, the overhaul of the coaching staff, obviously the Cowleys coming in at the end of last season. We've talked about the, the massive overhaul of players. And really, I, I don't think it's controversial to say that a lot of the fans at the start of the season accepted this as a rebuilding year, understood the need for patience with the Cowleys, and now results have started to go wrong. They're changing their tune and saying, why are we in mid-table? What's all going wrong? You know, at the start of the year, everyone seemed to be sort of on the same page that expectations would be tempered. Yes, of course, you know, winless in eight is not mid-table consolidation form that's relegation form but the start put, put us on a good platform that we're only you know down in mid-table now and I think the expectations have to be tempered I th for me this season we're looking at mid-table and when they start to click towards the end of the year as I believe the counties have the ability to get them clicking we could make a late run for the playoffs uh, potentially and be hovering around sort of that that eighth place finish which we were if you remember, under the first season in Kenny Jacket, uh, Portsmouth finished eighth. And last season, you know, at the tail end, when the Cowleys came in, we also finished eighth. I think expect more of the same. And when Kenny Jacket came in his first season, people weren't calling for his head for finishing eighth. Um, they actually called for a seven. We finished fourth and fifth. <laughs> so, uh, I, yes, I think tempered expectations this season, Jake and Short. OK, then. Uh, OK, Sunderland serve as Pompey's next challenge in League One. The Blues return to Frasson Park this weekend to host the Black Cats in match day number 11 of the season. And we begin our preview of that game now by hearing the thoughts of head coach Danny Cowley. The gaffer caught up with Ollie Marsh at the club's training ground yesterday afternoon and began by revealing whether or not his side go into the match fearing the league leaders. No, I think respect them, but never to fear the opponent. They've had an excellent start to the season. They'll be very, very pleased with the form that they're in. They are the best team in this division at the moment. You know, the league table suggests that, and, and certainly their performances suggest that. We have had a difficult moment. There's no hiding place from that. We actually see Saturday as the perfect game for us. I think to play the league leaders at home at Fratton Park will be just what the team, the group, and everybody individually needs. And with it being two big clubs and a sellout crowd as well, it has the potential to be a, a really good advert for League One. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a fantastic game. I think you're going to see a lot of good adverts for League One this year. I think eight ex-Premier League teams, some really big clubs with huge histories and a lot of good players in the division. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of big games this year and that's great for everybody involved. What do you think the, the key strengths and weaknesses are for Sunderland and how are you going to combat them? Well, yeah, we've got a lot of respect for Sunderland. I think they're in a really good moment. I think they've got some really, really good attacking players. They've got a, a huge squad with, with real depth. 
They've played between a 4-4-2 and a 4-2-3-1 formation. On Tuesday night against Cheltenham, they played a 4-4-2. Previously, they'd played more of a 4-2-3-1 system. But yeah, they've got the wide players like to rotate in and cause you a lot of problems between the lines. Um, I think they also have a lot of penetration to their game, a lot of good movement ahead of the ball. They love to go in behind you very quickly um, and ask a lot of questions of the defensive line. They certainly did that to great success against Cheltenham on Tuesday. We also know that defensively, they're well organised. They like to put good pressure on the ball, press normally in a, in a 4-4-2 system, but also have very, very good counter-press qualities when they lose the ball. And they like to overload the ball and, and be very, very aggressive and, and attack the ball at every opportunity. So, yeah, we've got a clear idea of Sunderland. We played well against Plymouth for large parts of that game and well against Charlton. And we were disappointed with our performance on Tuesday. And Saturday represents a great opportunity to respond to that disappointment. Do you see it as important to really stick to the philosophy even when you are going through a slightly difficult run of form? Yeah, for us, it's always to stick to the principles. We've recruited a group to play in a certain way. We think this is the best way to play for this football club. And, yeah, we certainly won't be moving away from the principles that we believe in, both in possession and out of possession. I think we took a lot of learning from Tuesday night. Tuesday night, like I said, was a disappointing night for everybody involved. But what you have to do in moments of disappointment is make sure you learn, because if you learn, you can make sure that you don't feel that disappointment again in the future, and that's what we're focused on. We've had a good day today, taking a lot from it, and we're prepared preparing well now for the challenge of Sunderland on Saturday. And it's twice you've named an unchanged side. Is that likely to be the case on Saturday as well or are you looking to make a few changes? Well, I think at Charlton we played well. I thought we were pleased with a lot of our performance. I thought we were excellent first half. I thought we responded really well to conceding the goal just after half-time. We should see that game out and win that game. We don't. We felt that we'd made steps in the right direction and we wanted to continue that into Tuesday's game. Unfortunately, we didn't do that. And when the team doesn't play well and individuals don't play well, then that's always food for thought you have to always try to take each game in its context of course but certainly we'll take learning from that game and we'll try to pick the team that we think will be in the best possible position to put on a really good performance against Sunderland in front of our supporters we know how proud Portsmouth is as a city we know how proud the supporters are of this football club and we need to put a performance together that, that represents that and that gives them something to believe in and we know that the connection between us and the supporters is something that is going to be vital for this club moving forward we're responsible for that we have to perform consistently to be able to give the supporters something that they can believe in and and ultimately trust in and once you get to that point then you know the connection grows and then you can really really help each other Sunderland up next then Baden those were the pre-match thoughts of Danny Cowley there speaking to the club's media team earlier this week Sunderland next not the kind of sides you want to be playing after such a barren run of form they're top of, of the division unbeaten in six but typical Pompey fashion this will be the day we finally get that win Absolutely, Jake, and I think that's that's something that's been traditional with Pompey uh, down the years. We always turn up for Sunderland. We normally turn up for Ipswich as well. Uh, but yeah, you're not wrong. This is a team that can cause Portsmouth a lot of problems. This isn't the Lee Johnson side for last year. This isn't endless crosses from Lyndon Gooch onto the head of Charlie Wick. This is a proper footballing side. If anyone watched the highlights of the Cheltenham game midweek, it's pretty frightening. A really good one-touch footballing side that will try and carve Pompey open through the middle. 
And uh, just some uh, news from Pompey earlier today. Next Saturday's home fixture against Cheltenham Town has been postponed due to international call-ups within the Blues squad. Gavin Bazunu has been called up to the Republic of Ireland side for their next few international fixtures. Uh, Joe Morell, of course, called up to Wales and uh, Miguel Aziz who will be featuring for the England under 20. So next Saturday, your diaries will be three. No Pompey game and, of course, no Blues match in midweek either. So after tomorrow, the next fixture is away to Rotherham United on Saturday, the 16th of October. A bit of a break for Pompey there, Jack. Is is that something that could work in our favour a little bit if, you know, regardless of the result tomorrow, a two-week break to kind of regroup refocus uh, and, and really work on the, the, the things that need to be worked on um, heading into the rest of the season? See, I'd say the opposite. It depends on the result tomorrow, to be fair. I think if we you know, don't get a result, which I know a lot of fans are probably expecting, um, then, yeah, the two-week break is a blessing. It gives you know, them a chance to kind of regroup, you know, get the time in the training ground and go again You know, when we do return after that two weeks. However, if... You know, tomorrow goes really well. I think tomorrow, I think it's got the potential to go really well. I think when you play a team like Sunderland, top of the league, flying, mm. you there's no pressure on you. So I think the players go out there with less, you know, less pressure and the more relaxed, more kind of fluid, flexible in the play. And I think that could benefit us. I think one of the things with playing Pompey is there's a lot of pressure. And I think a lot of players, you know, either like rise in that pressure or crumble. And at the moment, it's proven tough on them. So I think give it, give the result tomorrow. You know, if like I said, it could be a blessing. But then again, it could be if we do get that win, then it would have been a brilliant. You know, with Cheltenham the following week to start to build some momentum. Um, but then again, you know, you could win tomorrow and then have the two weeks again could be a blessing because you could look at all the things you've done right, perfect them, and then go again. So mm. I don't think you know, I don't think a two-week break really matters. I think it's lovely to have that kind of time, but just depends on the result really tomorrow uh, Gav Jones on Twitter good evening gents what are your thoughts on the Cheltenham game being postponed I personally believe we've got a strong squad enough to play the match even with the international call-ups Miguel Aziz can't seem to get a look in anyway so why does his call-up really matter I think the answer to that uh, Gav and I'll, I'll discuss with, this with Matt now and the loss of Gavin Bazunu probably is the the biggest impacting factor uh, into Danny Cowley's decision to, to call the game off. Like you, you rightfully point out, Gav, Miguel is not really getting a look in anyway. Of course, he was plagued with injury last week. That's why he's not been in and around the squad. Ronan Curtis, you could make a case for as well. But I think Gavin Bazunu, Matt, it's got to be the reason why Danny Cowley has definitely called this one off. Because even in the games we've won this season, Gavin Bazunu's kept us in those. Yeah, take nothing away from Alex Bass, who's uh, you know a solid goalkeeper in his own right, but but Bazunu is on a different plane to almost any Portsmouth goalkeeper we've seen, you know, over the last few years. He is a truly a, a, a magnificent talent at the peak of his powers, and we can only hope that he doesn't get recalled by Manchester City anytime soon with the injury to Zach Steffen, the American goal, reserve goalkeeper for Man City, because. As you rightfully mentioned, Jake, having him even gone for one game is a huge difference to a Portsmouth back line, which is looking rather shaky at the moment with the injuries uh, as well. 
uh, mockers on Twitter. Some very good points made by the lads, but uh, there was too much of a squad overhaul, in my opinion. Matt is spot on about the two fill-in centre-backs. Paul Downing would be a better option. And where is Michael Jacobs? Uh, Burton wanted it more on Tuesday. I think that might have been sent in before we uh, highlighted Michael Jacobs' injury concern, Paul. But thank you for getting in touch nonetheless. And, um, and and Jack, I want to know your thoughts now on Marlon Romeo. Now, I know Matt has previously mentioned on, on tonight's show that he's not a fan of his 3-5-2 and the overloading wing-back's not quite working out for Pompey. But in terms of Marlon Romeo, his individual performances, personally, I think he's had a, a great start to life at, at PO4. I do think, yeah, he's been one of the standout players. I think right back, we've never... I say never. I mean, last season, Cameron Johnson was solid, and I think a lot of people questioned sending him on loan. And, you know, we've we've got some solid like solid players in that position. Kieran Freeman's got any experience. I myself didn't know too much about Marlon Romeo coming in it. I knew he came from Millwall. I knew they rated him there. Um, so I went into it pretty, you know, let's see what this lad's got. And to be honest, the last couple of games I've seen of him, seems to be one of the standout players. Everything seems to be going quite right for him, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's still, you know, Still new to squad as well, as a lot of the players are. So I think, you know, he's not quite perfect yet. But from what I've seen, mm. it's given, you know, food for thought for Danny Cowley for who does he, you know, when um, Clark Robertson comes back and can go into that centre-back position, who who does he play right back? And that's what Cowley wanted all along. He wanted these options, you know, fighting for positions. So Marlon Romeo has definitely given Danny Cowley something to think about for, you know, when he gets his full squad back to full fitness, who goes in that right back position? Yeah. Okay, Matt, Jack, thank you both uh, for your input so far. We'll be back with you both in a short while, but it's time now for our second and final break of the evening. And when we come back, not only will we be taking a closer look at tomorrow's opponents in greater detail, Matt Drabble here provides the insight into the Mackhams tonight, but we'll also hear the perspective of Sunderland fan Paul Wilson. Fair enough, we had Lee Johnson last season, but like half our supporters actually wanted him gone. You know, the way the season actually ended. And I was like, well, you, you know, you've got to give him another chance. Nearly everybody me and Reese have spoke to, they've actually said Lee Johnson is the man for the job. You have just under 20 minutes to send in your final text tweets and emails from back home. Be sure to include your score predictions too. Stick around here to Express FM for the conclusion of tonight's show. You're listening to The Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the third and final time tonight to be Football Hour here on Express FM, where we are on hand until 7 o'clock this evening with a big match preview of Pompey's forthcoming clash with the Mackens at Thratton Park. Matt Drabble and Jack Griffin are alongside me for this one, but we're also interested to hear the thoughts of you back home too. As always, it's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. You can email pompey at expressfm.com, include at expressfm on Twitter, or you can head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Very soon we'll be hearing the pre-match thoughts of opposition supporter Paul Wilson. But first we're going to dive a little deeper into the names and numbers behind this week's challenge. Here's Matt Drabble with a closer look at Lee Johnson's tabletoppers, Sunderland. Seven games now the Blues have gone without a league victory. Eight in all competitions. Up next, well it doesn't get much tougher than this. League leaders, Sunderland. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Danny Cowley's side were defeated by two goals to one at the Pirelli Stadium in midweek. Fellow strugglers Burton Albion claiming maximum points in Staffordshire. That result ensured Pompey went through the entire month of September without a win. 
The Black Cats of Sutherland await at Fratton Park. Here's a closer look at the red and white outfit from Wearside. Manager. 40-year-old Lee Johnson is the current manager of Sunderland, having taken over at the Stadium of Light last December. Johnson signed a two-and-a-half-year deal at the club following the dismissal of his predecessor, Phil Parkinson. He took charge of his first Mackhams game on the very same afternoon of the day he was announced, but lost to Wigan Athletic by a goal to nil. The former Alderman Bristol City boss has so far accrued a win percentage of 57, having overseen 29 victories from 51 competitive games in charge. One to watch. Sunderland have arguably one of the strongest squads on paper this season, with plenty of big names to keep an eye on. Lee Johnson's squad consists of players such as Elliot Embleton, Aidan O'Brien, Lyndon Gooch, and Aidan McGeady, but the player we are focusing on this time around is midfielder Carl Winchester. The 28-year-old, who can also fill in at right-back, joined the Mackhams from Forest Green Rovers on January 10th, having impressed during his near three-year stint with the League 2 outfit. Winchester has so far scored three goals this term, as well as registering one assist. For those attending the match this weekend or watching online, he'll be the man wearing the number 15 shirt for the Mackhams. Top scorer. Scottish forward Ross Stewart is currently leading the way as far as goal scoring is concerned at the Stadium of Light. The 25-year-old has so far netted on seven occasions this season, including a brace on Tuesday night at home to Cheltenham. He signed for the club on deadline day in January for an undisclosed fee from a team he shares a forename with, Ross County. Stewart onto the squad number 14. Current form. The Black Cats are basking in some magnificent form of late and certainly form worthy of considering them as early title favourites. Lee Johnson's side lead the way in the division, having recorded 22 points from the opening nine matches. Sunderland are currently three points above third place MK Dons with a game in hand too. They have not been beaten in any competition since August the 17th, the same day Pompey last claimed a victory. Since then, five wins in a draw in the league, whilst also progressing to the fourth round of the Carabao Cup. So can the Blues finally get back to winning ways, or will the Black Cats prove unlucky and condemn Danny Cowley to a ninth consecutive game without victory? All of the unmissable action right here on Pompey Live. A bit more of an insight there into Pompey's opponents tomorrow. Sunderland, who make the gruelling 12-hour round trip down from Wearside for this weekend's League One fixture. OK, keep those text tweets and emails coming in from back home, Pompey fans. We want to know your pre-match thoughts and score predictions too. And that is exactly what Stephen Jerome has done on the emails. Uh, Hi guys, it was not a great performance from us on Tuesday night at Burton. Yet again, two big errors costing us the match. Caused uh, caused by us trying to play our way out from the back. The defensive mistake we made in the first half was bad enough and we should have learned our lesson from that. But we did not and we came out and we made a similar error in the second half, which I think was a bit naive of us to be honest. It was a good free kick from Hackett Fairchild to give us a bit of hope of a comeback, but a game we gave ourselves too much to do we seem to be trying to play our way out from the back rather than uh, uh, rather a lot and if we play like that tomorrow like we did at Burton Sunderland will rip us apart no doubt about it a little bit concerned about our tactics at the moment I fear other teams are starting to suss us out a little bit perhaps we are becoming a bit too predictable what do you guys think are we becoming too predictable is the question posed by Steve in South Sea I'm going to throw this one to Jack are we too predictable? Um, yeah, in a way, I guess. But but then again, not really. I just think I think Cowley's got his style. I think obviously managers these days do their research. Everyone knows. I just think the players are making it too obvious what the plan is. I think I think we're quite we we spread it wide and then we bring it back narrow. And even I can notice that straight away on Tuesday. I feel like that was 
straight away as a managing point of view that close close down them wings in my opinion and keep it you know keep Pompey narrow and that seems to be where we're struggling um so yeah I think in a way we are predictable so maybe it's the lineups as well you know that was the you know third time unchanged 11 so maybe that gives I'm, I've, I don't really know what the answer is to that one but yeah I think I think in a way I can see definitely where he's coming from in that sense but also you know not as well. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know I said we move on from from Tuesday's defeat at Burton, Matt, but we can't really you know end the show without highlighting that fantastic free kick. Uh, Rico Hacker Fairchild, his first league goal for Pompey. It was a great attempt, a great effort, uh, and a fantastic finish from the from the dead ball situation. The only positive from Tuesday night. I'm really liking what Hackett Fairchild is bringing to the team at the moment, to be honest, Jake. Um, Jack mentioned earlier a player that, you know, wants to be brave and, and grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And he really does seem to be the one player that has that bravery about him. Almost a little bit of a case of the Carl Bennett. Um, when Carl Bennett was at Pompey, I know he wasn't every fan's favourite player, but he never hid. He never hid on the pitch. He always demanded the ball. And he does have Rico Hackett Fairchild, that give-me-the-ball type confidence. And to be honest, I don't know why he ever lost his place in the starting eleven. I thought he was outstanding to start the season and I really hope to see him you know see him get more involved starting uh, with tomorrow tomorrow's game against Sunderland yeah, and uh, tomorrow's game against Sunderland is going to be a big one at Thratton Park. Jack, we mentioned it is Pompey's final game for for two weeks due to the international call-ups. But with the form that the Blues are on, we could go into that game against Rotherham in in two weeks' time. Um, haven't not won a match in in, in two months, so uh, a win tomorrow as as much as it's crucial in in any stage of a season against any side um, would do the world of confidence for, for this squad he- heading into that, that little bit of a break because we all know they need it. Absolutely. On on paper, for us Blues fans, this is a terrifying fixture, I'm sure. Um, quite a few of the people that will be going to the game tomorrow are going to have some sleepless nights tonight. Um, but in, I've, I've got the opposite view. Um, as I said earlier, I think you go into this sort of match with no fear. You, you If you compare it to, I don't know, the heights of the Premier League, you know, and say, I don't know, a Newcastle versus Man City fixture, you just got to take the game to him. Do you know what I mean? You've got to kind of stick to your moral, stick to, you know, what Danny Cowley sets out to the players. But also, there's no pressure in this game. People aren't expecting us to win. You know, I know we're at home, we're Pompey, and we should be winning every game we play in in this league. However, based on the form, this is a this is a free hit, in my opinion. This is, if we lose, everyone, you know, you'll get the moaners, but everyone's kind of expecting this to be a tricky fixture and for Sunderland to thump us, really. So anything, you know, more than a point, really, is just, oh, well, point, you know, would just be fantastic if we got a draw against Sunderland at home, in my opinion. You go into this game, yeah, as I said, no fear, no pressure. Give the game to Sunderland. You know, let's try and limit the amount of time they have on the ball. Um, and let's just see how we get on. You know, it could be it could be one, you know, we'll talk about the end of the season as being the turning point. Okay, for the first time this season, we've got an opposition fan on the show to provide a bit more information that we might have otherwise missed. Earlier today, I caught up with Paul Wilson from the Sunderland Top Dogs podcast to gather a bit more intel on Pompey's next opponent. Paul, good afternoon, mate. Thanks for coming on to speak to us. First of all, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Sunderland at the top of League One. Could this finally be your year? To be honest, I actually hope so. (laughs) <laughs> this is actually our fourth season in League One, so I actually hope this is our year. Yeah, certainly a, a long time in the division, much like Portsmouth, much like Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, well, they've just come down from the Championship, of course, but for, for these big clubs coming down from the second tier, uh, Paul, it, 
you know, the, the message is it's not an easy division, is it? And, and Ipswich also finding their feet only just in this division too. Yeah, well, the thing is with us, look, uh, we've just got a new owner. You know, Carrillo uh, Drivers has just come in. Um, you know, like, you know, like, fair enough, we had Lee Johnson last season, but like half our supporters actually wanted him gone. Yeah. Yeah, the way that, you know, the way the season actually ended. And I was like, well, you, you know, you've you've got to give him another chance. Hmm. And oh. like nearly everybody me and Reese have spoke to, uh, they've actually said Lee Johnson is the man for the job. Yeah. I was going to say, Lee Johnson appears to be, a, a, you know, doing a terrific job so far this season. H- has he now begun to win over the bulk of the fan base? Because like you say, many had their doubts, certainly when he was appointed and, you know, towards the tail end of last season. Yeah, I think he has, you know, because, well, put it this way, that the players he had last season, you know, that, that they weren't actually his. You know, they were like Phil Parkinson's and, you know, Jack Ross's players. Um, but the players he's brought in this season, these are Lee Johnson's and uh, Lee Johnson's players. Yeah. So uh, no, you may be top of the league at the moment, but there is still a long way to go. Can you pinpoint any weaknesses in the squad which you know could be exploited not only by Pompey but other teams in the division too? Well, that, that's hard because the, the way we started the season, I don't know really because you know the, the players that Johnson's brought in. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I never thought he would have actually went out and got two German lads. You know, it it, it is hard because like, you know the the way we we've started the season. Yeah, you because know, last season actually, you know, that well that was under Parkinson last season. Yeah, you know, I've always said you know if Parkinson was still here, I don't think we would have started as as good as we have under Lee, uh, under Parkinson. But since Johnson's came in, we've I would say we've actually at the right time. Yeah, where we are on the table. Yeah, so so we've highlighted, you know, the likes of Aidan McGeady, uh, Ross Stewart, Carl Winchester, to name a few, uh, as players who could pour, uh, cause problems for us this weekend. Are there any names that we may not recognise who you believe could also pose a threat? Maybe any up and coming youngsters or underrated fringe players? I would say you, you was, well, I don't know if he'll play tomorrow, but I would say you'll have to keep an eye on Dan Neal. Uh, he's okay. came through our academy. Uh, he's actually done really well uh, under Lee Johnson. Mm. Luke O'Neill is actually still with us. Yep. Um, but like the German lads he's brought in, we've actually got a really good German goalkeeper. Okay. Because um, your players recognised last season, uh, Lee Burge was actually our number one goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but since Johnson's brought in uh, this goalkeeper, um, which is German, uh, he's actually gone to number one now. Mm. Okay. Uh, and just finally, Paul, because we ask every guest on the show, what's your score prediction for the game? Oh, it's... Uh, I don't know, because we're, we're on the winning, winning form at the moment. <laughs> and we haven't won a game since August the 17th. <laughs> it's got a Portsmouth win written all over it, I can tell you that. I don't know, because, you know, like I just said, we've been on the winning form, you know, actually at home, but you know, the, the way it started with Johnson last season, you know, we were actually good away from home and, mm. you know, with no supporters. And, of course, uh, you know, we didn't actually win many games actually at home without supporters. I'll take a 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. You'd take a 1-1. One, one. I think we would too as well, to be honest with you, Paul. Uh, Paul Wilson there from the Sunderland Top Dogs podcast. Paul, thank you very much for calling in. Uh, wishing you the best of luck for the season, but not too much luck, uh, of course, for this weekend. Have a have a safe journey tomorrow and enjoy the game. I will do. 
A big thank you there and a safe journey tomorrow to Paul Wilson, who I had a chat with earlier this afternoon to learn a little bit more about Sunderland. Sunderland, Matt Drabble. Sunderland, Sunderland, Sunderland. They're finally finding their feet in League One. They're looking very, very strong this this season so far. We've heard the names and the numbers behind, behind the Black Cats and... We all know about Sunderland. We know the, the kind of threat they're going to pose, but we've been actually taking a look at the weather forecast for tomorrow. And there's a lot of rain. There's a lot of thundery showers. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised if the referee uh, holds a pitch inspection at some point throughout the day because it is going to be horrendous. Could that work in Pompey's favour? I think so. You know, on the surface, it's two footballing teams. So you'd say, no, it won't help either side because both these sides like to get the ball down and play. Um, but as you rightly pointed out, Jake, as we were talking off air, maybe Portsmouth need to change tactics. Maybe this is going to be the time Portsmouth, you know, find a bit of steel about their play and get a little bit ugly and learn to win in that style. So we could potentially see the likes of, you know, Ellis Harrison leading the line or, or, or a different tactic from the Cowleys as he demands more tenacity from his players and the, the poor weather could suit Portsmouth better, arguably. You know, they don't have Charlie Wick or Charlie White, however you want to say it anymore. That's don't have that big number nine outlet. They, they play with a very fluid forward line that interchanges and overlaps each other. And that's not going to work if Fratton Park's waterlogged. Yeah. And uh, looking ahead to tomorrow as, uh, as well, Jack, Danny Cowley mentioned in his pre-match interview, we heard uh, uh, earlier on in the show, but he, he's going to be a bit ruthless with his team selection this weekend. Is that required? Is, is this a case of nobody is guaranteed a starting place in this side after what we've seen in the last couple of matches, unchanged starting 11s? Is it time for the likes of... Gasana had me, Ellis Harrison, you know, these fringe players to come into the side and show us what they can do and show us if they can bring a different element to the game. 100% it's, you know, especially in football, you, you get, if you've got some good string of results, you know, you're picking up wins and of course you, you don't want to name a change side. You want to stick to the ones that are, you know, doing the job for you. But especially as we're in a terrible run of form, this is the chance now, especially, as you said there, Danny Cowley, be ruthless, make these changes, make people fight for their positions. If they know their job's on the line and they're not going to, you know, these lads, they want to play football, you know, as much as they're on the lovely wages that they are, they're, they're there to play football. They want to play football. That's why they got into the job. So if you're making, you know, if you're making these changes and they know that they're starting positions like under threat, then it can only, in my eyes, be better for the team because everyone will, you know, pull their finger out, pick, you know, pick themselves up and the performances will get better, I'm sure of it. And I think tomorrow, you know, name that change side. I want to see five, six changes. I want to see, a, you know, a different Pompey side because yeah. I think that'll go back to the earlier point of let's be unpredictable. Let's make, you know, Sunderland question what are we actually going to do tomorrow. And one final tweet in from Gav Jones after the recent run of results. Would it not just be the most Pompey thing ever to go and nick a cheeky 2-1 win and run away with all three points? Come on, Pompey, do it for the underdog, says Gav Jones on Twitter. Well, I'm afraid we're coming to the end of tonight's show, lads. So uh, let's get those score predictions in before we go. Matt, we'll start with you, mate. How do you see tomorrow's game going very quickly? Yeah, so uh, very quickly, if I have to shorten it, let's hope Pompey don't concede early because I think that would be a disaster with the atmosphere. I think the Blues will be able to cling on in miserable conditions and hold out for a 1-1 draw. 1-1 draw is going, uh, is what Matt's going for. How about you, Jack? Your score prediction, please, pal. To be honest, I agree with him, but I'll go a little bit different. I'll go 2-2. Two, two. Oh, excellent stuff. I wish I had the same confidence as you boys. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm going, I'm going for a 2-0 two, a two defeat. Can't see the Blues getting anything from this one, uh, to be honest. Uh, Matt Dravel, it's been a pleasure to welcome you back on the show. Thank you for coming on and speaking to us. No, thank you for having me, Jake. Always a pleasure to be back in the city and back on Express FM. And, of course, the same goes to Jack Griffin joining over the phone this evening. Have a great weekend, mate. We'll hear from you soon.
Thank you very much, Jake. Pleasure in being on and look forward to the next one. Well, that is it from us tonight, but you can, of course, come back for your next football fix here on Express FM from two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Will it be yet another miserable day at the office for the Blues or can they defy the odds, rip up a form guide and claim their first win in eight at all at the expense of the league leaders? Join myself, Liam and Ryan for all of the unmissable action, Pompey versus Sunderland. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. Pompey's winless run continued as Burton Albion beat them by two goals to one. Up next, Pompey play host to Sunderland at Fratton Park. Can they turn this bad run of form around? Join us for all of the unmissable action this Saturday from two. Pompey versus Sunderland will be right here on Pompey Live. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. They don't get much more difficult than this one. League leaders Sunderland are in town. We've got you covered here on Express FM with all of the build-up, half-time talk and post-match reaction with commentary in between. Of course, courtesy of Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham from BBC Radio Solent. Okay, coming up tonight here on Express FM, Conor Mosley invites you as a VIP to Portsmouth's biggest Friday night party right after the news at 7. Conor is live this evening with Express floor fillers right the way up until 11. DJ Turner James is back from 11 through till midnight with more throwback anthems. Saturday Breakfast is back with Ian McGuinness from 8am tomorrow. Ian has musical features, local events and regular news, sport, travel and weather updates too until 11 o'clock, which is when Lily Park takes control through until 2. Join Lily for three hours of great music, the tiny quiz and a look at what's happening in the city over the course of a weekend. And then it is time for the return of Pompey Live. Me and the team will be on hand to deliver build-up and reaction to the visit of league leaders Sunderland to PO4. We're on air from two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. If you missed parts of tonight's show or fancy taking a listen back ahead of the game tomorrow, visit our website expressfm.com where you can download tonight's episode and you can also find it available on both the Apple and Google podcast apps. Thank you for listening, Blues fans. Take care of yourselves and have yourselves a great evening. Good night.